Moms, I'm your host, Wendy Sparks. Today, I have the utmost pleasure of speaking with Mrs. Vanessa Waters, who is the fantastic mother of Tremont Waters, who is currently on a two-way contract with the Maine Red Claws and the Boston Celtics. Every week before I do this show, I always uh, spend time researching the players and their families and the things that they do. And Tremont is, is that player that just went through so much adversity and he had so many challenges but at the same time he just stayed the course and I really find it so impressive so I would love to to speak to his mom about that today so I'd like to bring on Miss Vanessa Waters hi hi love the poster (laughs) baby yes you found that spot we were talking about earlier (laughs) That's it. Well, Vanessa, I'd like to thank you so much for coming on Courtside Moms today and wanting to share your story about your baby Tremont. So let's talk about his basketball background and where it all began for Tremont. So I know he started playing when he was two, and he later decided that he wanted to become a basketball star. At that point, were you kind of sold on that idea? Not really. <laughs> I always said to my husband, regard, God rest his soul, regardless of what you do with my baby, make sure he don't get hurt. <laughs> that was my main thing. I didn't care what he did with him, but it was just make sure he don't get hurt. So we started in the backyard when he was like two as a family thing. I'm not a sports girl, not at all. But I was doing it because I was the only girl, you know, to be with the boys and my husband, spent, you know, quality time. And it went from that to bitty ball, to AAU, to high school ball, college ball. It all started there. Wow. So let's go back a bit. Your husband was, um, like, I don't know, we use that term, a basketball head. He just seemed to really ingrain the sports into Tremont. So let's talk about that dynamic. Like, like how often did they practice and what did they do? And, oh, yeah, I see the look on your face. Yeah. (laughs) Well, one day, (laughs) all the time, 5 o'clock in the morning, um, when he was, like, in... Fifth grade, sixth grade, he will wake him up before he will go to work. Take all three boys to the park, have them work out. I was already at work, (laughs) but he was at home, you know, put it in time. After work, they will go to practice. We will go to practice and they will practice. But he had a a regimen with them. Right. He will use his older brothers like to... Play defense because they were bigger, yeah. a little bigger than him because he's the baby. Okay. And so he would, they were the ones that like were the other players playing against them and stuff. So that he will push them. He will push them to, you know, be better. And I don't know how he did it. <laughs> Lord, thank you, Jesus, for him. <laughs> he was young and he was small. Yes, he was always the smart. He always played ahead, Wendy. He always played ahead. Really? 
two, three years. So oh. what you mean is if he was like 11, he'd play against 14 year olds. Yes. Right. Exactly. So let's talk about AAU. What was that experience like for him? Because now he's on this team where they actually travel and he gets to see more than more than just like he was raised in Connecticut, correct? Right. Right. So now he's going outside of Connecticut, I believe, with AAU and they and they get to see different things. Like what was that experience like in your opinion for him? It was good. I mean, it was different at first because he was always the smallest kid on the court. <laughs> and I always, yeah, I gotta be careful with my baby, but it was a good experience. It helped him grow to right. who he is now. Did he mind being away from uh, from the family when he was on the road? No, not really. He was having fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's playing. He's like, see ya. Yeah. Yes. All right, well, let's move forward to um, after his first season playing at uh, LSU, he entered his name into the draft. And then he, after a month or so, he withdrew his name. Do you know what that decision process was like? Like, why did he do that? He did that because he wanted to see what he needed to work on. So, okay, I'm going to enter my name on the draft. I'm going to, you know, mm-hmm. take, they say work on what I need to work on right. and enter it back. Hmm. That's very smart. Yes. That's actually very smart. So at that point you didn't have an agent then because no, no at that point you didn't have an agent. Okay. Which makes sense. But a year later, 2019 now he got an agent and he re-entered his name into the draft. You know, parents as parents, right? We have different roles. You know what I mean? So here you have, like, the dads, you know what I mean, in most dynamics. You know what I mean? You have the dads who he's like, okay, I got the athletic part, and I'm going to teach him how to fix it and how to be a man and do all these wonderful things. And you have the moms who are there nurturing. Exactly. You know what I mean? So you're that nurturer, and you're like, listen. It's been my role. I mean, I do – I learn basketball with them. Mm -hmm. I do know certain things, and, you know, I will – reach out and be like, you know, you got to work out, you know, you got to work a little harder, this, that, and third. But when it came to certain things about the basketball world, that was dad's job. Right, right. But I'm all, I've always been there to support. Always. Of course. So he decided to enter his name in the draft, and a lot of people doubted his ability because he was smaller than the average point guard. So tell yeah. me, did he speak to you about his team workouts? Like, was that a challenge? Yes. Um, he enjoyed them. He played up against other players, he told me. Back then, he was like, I'm playing against this, you know. And it, it's, he always came back in some type of way and, you know, form and be like, oh, it's, I did what I was taught, you know. Right. What dad taught him. And right. it was like nothing new to him. Right he can compete because he was prepared for the competition. So he had that comfort zone already. It was just really showing them now I belong. Exactly. Good for him. He, you know, he, he seems like that, that kid, like you said, that loves the challenge and, you know, he has to always be one up over everybody. He has to always prove himself because of all that doubt that people already put in and a lot of players to begin with, right? There's just so much going on to become an NBA player and a lot of players do not get chosen. And here you have this, this 
this boy who's 5'9", if that, <laughs> and here he's going up against players that are like 6'6". Six, six. Yes. And he held his own. Yes. Mm-hmm. Let's go to draft night. What was the first thing you thought of as 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 mom? Like, wow, my baby's really like this is really happening. This is really really happening. Wow. And you saw him go up there on the stage and he gets the hat and he gets the jersey and you know, that's a that's a moment that a lot of players never get to see or a lot of parents um, never get to see or will never get to see. Like, my son went undrafted. He did? Yes, he did in, in 2014. And, I mean, he plays in the league now, but it took, like, a little roundabout way to get there or get, you know what I mean? And, again, he wouldn't trade his path for anything, right, because it just taught him to be stronger. It made him the person he is today. Absolutely. But that's an experience that I will never, ever get to have, you know what I mean? To, to get up there and see my son with the hat on. And I mean, we were there. We, we didn't go to we didn't go to Brooklyn. We actually stayed in a hotel in Manhattan and and we watched it. And so I understand what you're saying. It's so long and the emotions are high because for us, it's like, oh, my God. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you're sitting there praying as a mother. Just OK, just call his name. Yes. Just call his name. Just yes. just call. It's- we don't care what team. It's four hours, but it seemed forever. It seemed like an eight-hour shift. Yeah, it's like work. But it was fun. I enjoyed it. But so many emotions that oh my god, come on, can we just just call his name, please? <laughs> Anywhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was making up teams. I was like, okay, maybe we'll have sixty-one. Just <laughs> just call my son, please. Uh, you know what I mean? But. They did call his name, so congratulations. So he played in the summer league, and he later signed a two-way contract um, with the Celtics and the main Red Claw. Then unfortunately, around that time, um, his father passed, but Tremont still decided, you know, in his father's memory, to to press on and, and stay the course. Well, he first played with the Red Claws, were you able to see any of those games? Like, did you go to a Red Claws game? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> I drove three hours from home. I will pack up my little bag and get me a room. <laughs> and I will go watch this game. Yes, I, I didn't. You know, I went, like, not as much as I would want to, but I did go. Of course. Of course. I mean, sometimes we just can't make every game. I couldn't. I didn't make a single G League game. I just couldn't. So, you know what I mean? It is it's it is what it is sometimes. Different situations. Absolutely. So, we're all different. But look, you're doing great now, aren't you? <laughs> so, he later on played with the Celtics. Did you ever get a chance to see a Celtics game? Yes, ma'am. Ooh, so before we get to that, what's the difference for you between the G League and the Celtics games? Like when you're sitting there and you're like in Maine and then you're in Boston. For you, was there a big difference? There's two differences. Mm-hmm. So when I went to G League, he played most of the game and he performed. And, you know, I yeah. got to watch my some play. And the crowd is different. It's smaller crowd you know 
um, that is fun. Now when we go to the Boston, it's a huge crowd. And he doesn't get as much playing time, which I'm okay because I know and understand it's a process. Yeah. But the crowd is crazy. It's, it's probably three times more than what it is at the G League. Right. Right. It's totally different. It's totally different. Were you more nervous for him when he was playing with the Celtics? Like, did you have, like, those mommy butterflies in your belly? Absolutely. <laughs> Every time he's on the court, I have those. <laughs> it's a different platform playing G League yeah. and, and, and NBA, but at the same time, the G League is getting him more and more developed and ready for yes. the NBA. And, you know, your son's been blessed because he, you know, as a rookie, he was able to play both platforms. Sometimes you get rookies that have these two-way contracts and they don't get called up unless there is an injury, which, which Tremont experienced. I mean... Um, Kemba Walker, I believe, um, had his 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 unfortunate in, um, injury, but that gave Tremont that time to show I'm five nine, but I'm gonna hold my own on <laughs> on this court. And he did what he had to do. Yes, I'm gonna show you what I'm working with. That's with it. Yeah, you know, sometimes you only have a couple of minutes to get on that court and do and do what you have to do. I mean, my son was the same situation. You know, I would tell him, like, he was playing um, Orlando Magic. Well, he still is. And then he would play Lakeland. And then he would get called up. And I would tell him, you, this is your moment. You you know what I mean? If they give you 30 seconds, you better make sure those, the best damn 30 seconds you've ever, you make sure you sweat. <laughs> like <laughs> Some work. Yeah, that's something. Like, you do, listen, I don't care if you have to fly across the court. You just do it. And he would laugh. And he's like, yeah. Because he, he understood, right? You know? Getting there is one thing, but you got to stay there. And there's a whole bunch of people fighting for your spot. Exactly. So you got to do what you got to do to make sure that you hold your spot. Absolutely. Well, Tremont has been through a lot this year. Um, does he see the basketball court as his sanctuary, like that place um, that he can meditate? Yes, he is. When he's on that basketball court, I'm sure he thinks about that. Yeah. And it makes him push even harder. Well, it, it's with dad that it all began. Exactly. Right? So this is a weird year for a rookie, or for anybody, really, a player. But he played in the G League. Then he was called up to the Celtics. Then pretty much halfway through the season, coronavirus, it just erupts. The season stops for a few months. Then the bubble starts. Playoff starts. He becomes the NBA G League Rookie of the Year and more. So let's talk about what he did during the hiatus. Like when the NBA came to a halt and said, okay, there's no, there's no more games. What did Tremont do to keep busy? He worked out. Yeah. He was still working out. He was still putting in time at the gym because he knew it was going to come, you know. At the time, we didn't know when it was going to, you know, he was going to have to go back to work. Mm -hmm. But meanwhile, he was still working, um, working out and getting prepared. Well, yeah, because he always had to be ready, keep himself ready to, to continue and play. Then he was named the G League Rookie of the Year. I mean, congratulations, first of all. 
Thank you. Thank you. Did he expect that? I don't know. <laughs> did you expect that? We're not thinking of rookie of the year. We're more like, let's do the best we can. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that came, it's like, oh, wow. But we're taking a day at a time and every day counts. We have to make the best of every day and work hard. So when that came, we were like, wow. Like, we always get something everywhere he goes. Of course. Well, the time then came for him to go back to work. Mm-hmm. And into the bubble. And as a two-way player, he was made eligible to play the postseason, um, which must have been very, very exciting for him because he actually has the opportunity to get in there and play um, more games. Mm-hmm. But the virus was still going on, still is. I mean, but at the time, were, were you worried about that? Because now he's actually going to be amongst. Absolutely. Absolutely, I was worried because, from, you know, it didn't take much for any of us to get it. So all it took was one person to get it and it spreads like a domino effect. Right. So I was, I'm like, you got to wear a mask, you got to protect, you, protect yourself, wash your hands. Um, you have to be careful what you touch. Very worried, very, but he said that they were getting tested daily. Daily. Daily they were getting tested. When they were in the bubble. But was he okay? They were very strict about it. Yeah, he was okay. Yeah. No, they were very strict. I mean, they kept the players, you know what I mean? You had to go to your your game, get back on that bus or whatever, get back to the hotel, and that was it. Right, but then you have the workers that work at the hotels, you know? It's like, yeah, yeah, you're worried all the time. Like, make sure you do this. Make sure you do, you know. Mm -hmm. But thank God. So he actually got to play in the bubble. Did you get to see those games? And did you become a virtual fan? I was the first one to log in. (laughs) Isn't that the coolest? (laughs) Yes. We all be meeting. Hey, how you doing? Oh, okay. We got a chair like this. We got a chair like that. We had our own little setup. Whenever they were making free throws, it, it was so much fun. But I was in every single game, thanks to um, the Celtics. When I would lock in, I would be ready to go. <laughs> I, I tell my family members, don't call me, don't bother me, it's game time. <laughs> That's it. It's bubble time. You gotta. <laughs> yes, it was so much fun, for real. So the players can actually see their virtual fans while they're playing. Yes. Did Tremont see you? Yeah. <laughs> did you see me? And we're like, yep. So all they gotta do is look up, yeah. and there we can't see them. Right. They can see us, and they, yeah, they all saw us. Every all of them saw their loved ones up there, and it was, you know, a good feeling for them because they didn't have like actual fans over there. It's different. It's totally different. But yeah, it helped, you know, it was. I'm sure they felt good when they looked up and they saw us. Yeah, I told my son, I said, well, because I, I I did. I, I was a virtual fan for a few games. I thought it was so cool. It was. You know, I was thinking there's not a lot of fans there. I said, but 
there's enough. Like for me, it was like, it's, it's the ones who matter. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's your mom and your dads and your uncles. And you know what I mean? I mean, anybody could have become a, a virtual fan, but you know what I mean? It was predominantly family. So right. you finally get to see your family. You know what I mean? Because during a, during a game, when you're li- literally sitting there, a lot of the times they don't get to see where you're sitting because now they're amongst like 20,000 people. Right. Now there's like 40 squares. <laughs> so <laughs> shoes are squared. You'll see you. <laughs> Your family. You were fine. But like you said, at the game, they're like, where where is she? Like <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, eventually, or unfortunately, I should say, the, the Celtics had eliminated by the heat. Mm-hmm. So what was that like for him to funny now he has to leave the bubble and just do something different until the season restarts? He was okay. Just all right. I have to go home, prepare for next season. Yeah. Well, the next season is supposed to start, I believe, uh, December 22nd, I believe. And I know, yeah, I believe it's December 22nd. I have to double check, but I'm, I think that's what it is. But anyhow, the, and for example, like the, the Lakers, they're deciding not to have fans in their stadium. Really? Yeah. Um, do you hope or do you, like, what do you hope for for the Celtics? Do you want that same thing, or do you think that? I want safety first. Yeah. Because I need my baby as well as the rest of the guys yeah. to be healthy. Absolutely. We'll see what that, but safety comes first. Of course. That is my opinion. No, of course. And I, listen, this whole show is about your opinion. So <laughs> everything we say is our opinion. Safety's first. Because it's still going on. It's, it's so crazy out there right now. No one, I think a lot of people aren't taking it serious till it hits home. Yeah. And I'm a nurse. I was just going to say to you, aren't you a nurse? Okay. I am so tired of wearing all this protective equipment for eight hours. I have to wear a mask at work for eight, and I'm just tired of work. I wish people will understand, but they don't. And some of them mean no harm. It's just, they just don't get it. Yeah. I'm so tired of wearing a mask. I feel like I can't breathe at times, but it's tough. Well, first of all, thank you for, for what you do. I mean, you're an essential worker, so you're you're there putting yourself at risk every day in front of everybody. And like you said, for those people that don't respect what's going on right now in this pandemic, and like you said, some of them, some of them, they don't understand, but it's it's worse for those who do understand and do not care because it's so disrespectful to you and all everybody else who's out there every day trying to change this world and make it better so we can get back to our new norm. I'm praying that next season will be a little bit different than, no, a lot different than the season that, you know what I mean, everybody just went through. Let's hope that he gets back on the court. You know what I mean? With the Red Claws and and more so with the Celtics. You know what I mean? Like he's he's proven that he's a an NBA player. He's proven that he belongs. And I pray that he gets more and more minutes. My last question to you is, what advice would you give to another mother of uh, an NCAA player who was trying to realize their dream to the league? Support. Protect, advise them to work hard, be there for them, always be there for them. Absolutely. 
Whether they do good at a game or bad, always be there for your baby. Yeah, because they're human. Yes. And they're, they're humans first. Always be there for them. Yeah. The difference. It makes a big difference. Of course, you know, you, you said like the word support and, and that's very important because a lot of players, once they get to a certain level, that, that support is gone because people just put them on a pedestal and they put them somewhere different and they don't realize that they're just, they're still humans. Yeah. It's just Tremont. Yeah. To me, he's Tremont. Yeah. We could go places and they're superstars in other people's eyes, but to me, he's always going to be my baby. That's just. Does your baby feel he's a superstar? We've had the conversation, and he's so humble that he'd be like, my, it, it's surreal to him as well. Right. But at time, he does feel like a superstar. You know, when at that moment when they all come and the kids come and they want the autograph, he probably feels like a superstar there then. Right. But other than that, he's like, I'm just Tremont, you know. Yeah. So off the court, he's that player that would just... Go to Walmart. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, my son goes to Walmart, too. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, what are you doing? I, exactly. I'm like, you can't just be out there by yourself. What are you doing? Like, and he's like, Mom, I'm okay. No, like. You know what? Uh, it, it's good because like, it keeps them grounded and humble, although they have to be careful. Exactly. Um, but it's good that they're not those players that just want to surround and everybody else is going to do everything for them. He's like, no, I need shoes. I'm going to go to the store and buy them. I don't have to sit there and, you know what I mean, pay somebody to go do it for me or whatever. He's just like, no, I'm Tremont, and I, I don't know, I want some Jordans or whatever, and I'm going to go pick them up. Yes, and even if they wear their hoodies, they still spot them. Yeah, yeah, come on now. Of course. I mean, it's a good thing sometimes, though, right? Yes, yeah. It helps them validate, you know what I mean, like, oh, okay. You know what I mean? People do see me on the court when they recognize me walking up and down, you know what I mean, uh, the streets of Boston or in Maine or in Connecticut and People yeah. know who he is and, and, and appreciate him for, you know what I mean, for who he is. It's a blessing. Yes, it is. Well, Vanessa, it was so nice talking to you. I really, really, truly appreciate you coming today on Courtside Moms and sharing your story. I really, really appreciate you having me, for real. And I hope I did this. <laughs> You're awesome. You know what? Moms have... A voice, and that's why I do this show because I want to give the moms opportunity to speak their piece. Because, like you said, you may have been a little bit in the background, but at the same time, your role is so powerful. Thank you, and yeah, when I get to Connecticut, I'll uh, <laughs> I'll find you. <laughs> Absolutely, be safe. You too, hon. Thank you so much. Enjoy Absolutely. the rest of your day. Okay? Thank you. You too. Okay. Bye. Thank you for tuning in, guys. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Courtside Moms and make sure you subscribe to the podcast.